Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we are so thrilled to be connecting with each and every one of you today. We've got a powerhouse lineup for you on the Dr. Pat Show. And, of course, that will be followed by the Carrie O'Connor Show. You know, there's a question that I ask just about everyone that I've ever interviewed. And the question uh, has to do with the challenges that that one overcomes in their lives. And it's, I don't know where the question came from or how I knew to ask it from the very first day that I started to do the show. But when I look at some of the folks or when I think about some of the folks that uh, join the Dr. Pat show, people that we have conversations with, I'm always struck by their ability to persevere and move beyond many, many obstacles. And I was looking at this week and the lineup on the Dr. Pat show. And probably this week, more than any other week, I was really struck by the people that are on the show, people like my guest, Dr. Kanta Ahmed, joining me here today, that have had challenges, obstacles that I couldn't even dream about and yet have moved beyond them. And I'm thrilled that uh, Dr. Conta is joining me here today, the author of the book In the Land of Invisible Women. And this is a, a book that she's created, has written a memoir, so to speak. But there are perceptions that each of us will be challenged as we look at her life, as we look at what she has decided to say yes to. We're thrilled to have her on the show um, because for many reasons. One, we're thrilled to have her as a woman that stands in her power uh, and as well as someone that is going has become a spokesperson for so many others. Dr. Ahmed, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thank you, Dr. Patton. Thank you for that generous introduction. Well, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Bobby who does our programming. We have some amazing people on the show, but this week I was personally struck by some of the stories, yours in particular. And and I want to thank you for joining us here today. You know, the book In the Land of Invisible Women... Uh, the, the title is enough to grab our attention, and I wanted to ask you that question that I do ask everyone. And it is about the challenges that you personally have had to overcome to bring you to this very moment. I'd love for you to share that with us. That's a very broad question, but I would say that I, every uh, obstacle or difficulty I've ever had, I've been able to cope with, with the bedrock that my family has provided me with in the shape of their knowledge of a very pluralistic Islam and very British-influenced values. I added to that an extraordinary experience of almost um, eight years of training in New York City, which, as you know, is an incredible place. 
where I was mentored by remarkable Americans, many of whom were American uh, Jewish uh, physicians or American Christian physicians. And then ultimately, while I was in the kingdom, I did face many challenges and I found my support uh, amongst uh, Saudi men who were feminists, Saudi women who were heroes, and a very special relationship I have with my therapist who is a Jewish Manhattanite. So I may have found um, obstacles, but I had a great support system and foundation to try and solve those. And yeah, and here you are with, uh, you know, the book that you've written, The Land of Invisible Women, uh, receiving praise uh, just from even before the book was actually out. And, and it talks about you, uh, you know, this, this female doctor uh, revealing uh, the hidden world of Saudi Arabian women. And I think, I think any time one has the privilege to be a physician, particularly in a mm-hmm. society that one doesn't come from, you are afforded such unusual views mm. of society in rich cross-sections that um, I uh, hope that I have communicated the depth of that experience in my writing. And and one of the things we look at, we look at, the, you know, this world being a mesmerizing world. And, and I wanted to ask you, when you decided to write the book, what did you have in mind? I wanted to uh, deconstruct some of the myths about Islam mm-hmm. um, that are pervasive, mostly negative, because of the way Islam has been dehumanized by very deviant elements within us as Muslims. There's always this accusation that Islam is misinterpreted because of Western media or other reasons. It's actually a nefarious uh, faction within Islam, which I term in the book Wahhabism just as a broad term, which is really vilifying Islam, and I wanted to explain that. Additionally, post 9-11, the entire nation of Saudi Arabia has been vilified because of the nationality of the majority of the hijackers, and that's also an unfair negative consequence that I was hoping to dispel. And finally, I hope the book offers an opportunity to build bridges for those who have open minds and open hearts to understanding what our counterparts in the Middle East are going through. And I think this is a conversation to to really have about getting the record straight. And that's what I think that you are doing here. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I mean, your own personal journey is also revealed in the book and and the various encounters that you've had. What would you say is probably the greatest misconception we have about uh, Islam, about Saudi Arabia? What would what would you say that we're totally off the mark about? I think that the greatest misconception is that Islam is a violent religion. And mm-hmm. I think this is uh, an almost an opposite of what Islam really teaches. It's true that there are individuals who use Islam to conduct heinous violence and have done so repeatedly on large scale. And we've just mentioned one episode of that. But Islam actually um, values human life more than it even values the responsibilities mankind has to respect the duties to God. The duty to preserve life is overwhelming in Islam. And there's been a tremendous um, confusion about the term jihad. I think that this book, in a way, can be considered my jihad by way of the pen. Jihad means actually the struggle to constantly improve oneself in life, constantly overcome obstacles or uh, manage to cope with all the temptations that are present in a human being's life. And the jihad also means 
to spread knowledge where there is darkness. And that you can take in any way. So a scholar who is training in an advanced subspecialty, the scholars who trained me were on lifelong jihads to perfect their medicine, perfect their science. This concept of jihad being violent insurrection, for instance, some would argue that the situation in Iraq is a kind of jihad against the West, is absolutely false and misleading. And the reason these misperceptions exist are not the fault of the Westerners, it's because of the distortions within rabidly uh, fanatical um, factions of Islam. Hopefully my book will dispel some of those problems. And, and we, to this day, I mean, we are we are making generalizations around people uh, based on the way they look, based on the way they dress, based on the way they pray, so to speak, uh, and, and practice spirituality and religion. Uh, and it, it seems like now we're facing what some people call, and I hate to use the word anniversary, I don't think it's appropriate, mm-hmm. of 9-11. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, what have you seen changed since then, especially towards our view uh, of Saudi Arabia or, 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 or Muslim as, as a religion? What I think is very concerning, but I think is completely um, logical, mm-hmm. is that distances between us are increasing. And in fact, mm-hmm. even this construct that one must be in the West or one must be attached to Islam shows how little we understand each other. There is nothing antithetical to the West that prevents one from living a fully Islamic life. And I'm sitting here in my white jacket with short hair, I'm unveiled, and yet I'm able to live a full life because of the freedoms afforded in the United States. In the years that have passed since 9-11, I think the misunderstanding, the vehemence of some of the violence in regions in the world, let's look at the Taliban, issues in the northwest frontier in Pakistan, Iraq, of course, are magnifying. And I think even to discuss these topics is a huge task. Um, equally, when you travel in those regions, and I recently traveled to Pakistan earlier on, the year, earlier on in the year, there's a very upsetting, um, now pervasive habit of viewing America only through these recent um, events and not as a whole. I think misunderstanding exists because there's a lack of communication between individuals because the world is so big and the images and uh, events that occur are translated through a very narrow lens of whatever appears on the news and not necessarily from human connection or human relationships. That's not to discount that those events are not occurring, but they are occurring within a context. And just as we here, I had no understanding of Saudi Arabia until I lived there. Equally, there are many who live there who have no understanding of the principles in the United States, which include tremendous tolerance, almost unparalleled in any other country. Perhaps I think the United Kingdom is extremely tolerant, tolerant and also generosity and benevolence. Those qualities are just lost in translation. I love the way you're talking about this, uh, Dr. Ahmed, um, and we're going to continue this conversation after a short break. For those of you that are just tuning into the Dr. Pat Show, I want to welcome you to the show and to this incredible conversation with uh, Dr. Kanta Ahmed. She is the author of In the Land of Invisible Women, uh, and we're looking at the clash of cultures in the Middle East, and we're looking at how can we bridge the gap. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show and more with Dr. Amen.
stuck with anxiety or depression? Imagine having the momentum and the tools to create emotional freedom. Dr. Schaub's Breakthrough and Empowerment Program helps you to release deeply rooted emotions from your subconscious and cellular memory, thus allowing you to access your true potential. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND or visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. I really thought that I was the only one who cared about things that matter to me, like the planet, kids, education, peace, and creating a world that works for everyone. Then I found the Center for Spiritual Living, an entire church that thinks and cares about the things I do. And Reverend Dr. Kathy Ann Lewis inspires us to build better lives in a better world. I've found my new spiritual home. Honoring all paths to God, the Center for Spiritual Living is located just east of University Village on Sandpoint Way with three Sunday services. Visit online at spiritualliving.org. Are you taking too many oral pain pills and concerned about side effects? Are you having trouble getting to sleep because of the pain? I'm Lou Paradise. I had the same problems you have. Cured my pain, eliminated pain pills and their side effects by developing Topperson Pain Relief and Healing Cream. Topperson relieves pain without side effects. It doesn't burn, it doesn't smell, and it doesn't stain. But don't just take my word for it. Doctors, pharmacists, and pain specialists are using and recommending Topperson and ending the suffering for thousands of people just like you. We know you hurt. We want to help. We are so sure that Topperson will work for you. We offer a money-back guarantee. So if you want pain relief without side effects just ask for Topperson. Topperson is now available at Fred Meyer Natural Food and other fine stores go to Topperson.com for a store near you or call 1-800-959-1007 Topperson.com or 1-800-959-1007 Topperson the last pain medicine you'll ever need and you can sleep on that Hey, are you one of those people who need a boost of motivation to lose those extra pounds and inches? Well here it is Take the Sugar-Free Miracle Weight Loss Challenge and earn $100 for every 10 pounds you lose. I'm Karen Bentley, creator of the amazing Sugar-Free Miracle Diet, which you'll love. It's easy, sustainable, and it stops out-of-control eating. To participate, send me an email at expert at sugarfreemiracle.com. That's expert at sugarfreemiracle.com, and I'll send you the details. Visit the premier online store where science and spirit unite. Shop consciously, explore new ideas, and connect with your world at bleepstore.com. Find the latest in spiritual and documentary films, green living products, and online articles. Dr. Pat listeners receive 10% off with coupon code Dr. Pat. That's D-R-P-A-T at checkout. Go to the drpatshow.com and click on Bleep Store to start your experience. The drpatshow.com. Following the herd is fine until they lead you off a cliff. Think for yourself. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. back everyone welcome back to the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by and i'm so thrilled that we're having the opportunity to have this conversation with dr Conta uh Conta ahmed and i, I want to say the book in the land of invisible women 
you know, there are a lot of books that I get across my desk, but very few of them have the the message and such a powerful, powerful invitation as this one. This book challenges our perceptions of Islam, uh, and uh, and and it really really talks to the issue of what we as Americans have put in our data bank, put in our psyche, in terms of the way we view Muslims and uh, and the negative ways we describe them. And so uh, Dr. Ahmed is here with us today. She is setting out to build a bridge between the uh, American and Middle Eastern cultures. And we're thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Pat. And I was just going to interject. It's not necessarily that Americans are putting these negative images in their psyche or negative associations. Mm-hmm. Muslims are perfectly capable of doing that all by themselves. <laughs> a thousand books like mine cannot counteract the destruction, the cultural nihilism of the Taliban, for instance, in the destruction of the Buddha's statues. So I think credit has to be given to the Americans that the events that we're seeing, which are emerging from segments of Muslims, are so heinous we can't put them in any context. But I do feel hopeful. I think my book can be a bridge, and there are many things we can do to create the close the gap because the United States has unique properties. One of its most underestimated properties is intellectual capital. Yes, we are maybe exporting great movies. We are exporting all kinds of goods. But one of the things that's least measured or mentioned is what happens when you take somebody, bring them to the United States, states like you did me, and train them with advanced skills. You are in a position to demonstrate America's goodwill. It's um, enormous intellectual energy. Invest in an individual really without asking for anything other than please show up to work and learn from us. And you can divest that in distant communities. And I've seen very hopeful examples of what I term this global health diplomacy in my Saudi colleagues, in my Pakistani colleagues, which Americans don't get to hear about. One of the most beautiful things that's come out of my experience in Saudi Arabia, I'm still in touch with people there, are academic links. And I have academic links between my Saudi brilliant physician colleagues and my Jewish New York City mentor. These are the things that can happen. So an individual can come to the Persian Gulf. My Jewish American mentor came to the Persian Gulf, conducted keynote lectures with groups of clinicians who were Saudi, Omani, Syrian. For many of them, the first time they've ever had contact with an American or a contact with a Jewish person and just left completely floored by his humility and his intellect. Those are the kinds of things that need to happen. And we should be... The reaction post 9-11, of course, was to shut down immigration. I understand that. There was a tremendous fear of whom the visas were being issued to. But this is also a tremendous opportunity to invite people in who potentially can become leaders in their community far away and let them see the finer things of American life. That's not to be Pollyanna about it, but America has an enormous influence in fields like science and engineering, which can become opportunities for cultural exchange and ultimately close this gap that we've identified. And you're talking about some of the ways that we can make this happen, and and it really does take all of us to come to the table with uh, uh, different perspectives. As as my mom would say, you, you know, there is a, a room for an open mind, and she she helped us understand what that meant. I never really understood that till recently. Mm. So I, I really, I mean, there's one thing to be talking about having an open mind, and you've heard that phrase, right? Mm-hmm, yes. It's another thing to live it. You see. Yes. 
but I think it can be encouraged, and I think the way it's been encouraged is me, by in me has been from very thoughtful parents, but also brilliant academics, brilliant mentors all of whom were American, and there is something uniquely open about the American culture. It is not, for instance, as elitist as the British culture, uh, which was still somewhat prevalent when I was growing up. So this country offers a great deal of hope in changing attitudes and changing perceptions in others if they are able to receive it. And that's the key. It's written in the Quran. You're going to come across individuals whose eyes are sealed, lips are sealed, ears are sealed, hearts are sealed. You will never be able to do anything for them. But there are many in the middle who are silent, who are afraid, who really don't know where to start. And for those there could be a tremendous opportunity for dialogue. And that goes for whether you're an American reading my book, whether you're a Saudi, whether you're a Muslim, whoever you are, hopefully it will challenge people to have at least intellectual curiosity and think about how things could be reframed. I've heard many people who have written about your book and who talk about it talk about uh, the blessing as well as the surprise. I think that one of the things that you do is you unveil so many aspects of a culture that we know very little about and i wanted to ask you are the differences are the differences so different that they create a bridge so large that we can't get across it or are there commonalities which could come to the forefront which talk to the fact that we are truly all one well, you know, there are so many similarities. When I first landed in Saudi Arabia, I felt like it was America with Arabic subtitles. <laughs> there are passions for football. Saudi uh, is a national craze for soccer. You call it soccer in America. We call it football in England. They have stores like Costco. They like watching movies at home. There are not. There were not cinemas when I went there, but the malls have recently left big spaces for cinema screens to be installed, and they recently screened Finding Nemo. When I called one of my Saudi colleagues recently, I could hear piano music in the background, and she asked me to listen to her son learning to play, her teenage Saudi son learning to play Mozart. So there are great similarities. It's just the severe element, the religious clergy, the Wahhabis who've got this country in their grip, who insist on trying to marginalize women, who, as you know when you read my book, are overcoming it despite that, that project such a terrible image, plus the impact of the terrorists who acted almost uh, nine, eight years ago, um, has increased to our misunderstanding of that kingdom. And the kingdom itself has always been opaque, has always been private, has always been very guarded in how it receives outsiders. And when that occurs, people tend to revert to their own suspicions rather than assume something positive. And I want to thank you for joining us here today. Uh, I mean, there's so much that we could talk about. We have this very short time. I want to make sure that folks know that they can get a copy of the book, In the Land of Invisible Women. Um, and pretty soon you'll have a website up, and when you do, we'll be able to connect and, and let people connect into, in, into that. I, I wanted to ask you as we kind of uh, wind this up right now, uh, what are the challenges for uh, women, uh, women that are here from Saudi, from Pakistan, what are the challenges 
What do they face in our culture right now? I think right now I've come across it myself. I, I'm not a veiled woman, but I've noticed mm -hmm. that there is rising prejudice to veils. Mm -hmm. um, the veils in the United States are far fewer than, for instance, in the United Kingdom. And those of us who have not, um, who are, have not experienced living in veiled societies, one tends to paint them with the same um, brush. I think it's up to Muslim women in this country to continue to be as positive, as integrated, and as open to explaining their faith, explaining their religion um, to Americans who are, I have found, widely curious and very um, eager to learn about this. People do not want to be attached to these angry stereotypes because they're so heinous to, con to consider. It doesn't mean the Taliban doesn't exist. Clearly they do. But I think there's a great opportunity for dialogue within the United States. Well, thank you for taking the message out there and enabling us to have that dialogue. My pleasure, Dr. Pat. I hope we can talk again one day. I hope we will talk again. Uh, Dr. Kanta Ahmed joining us here today. The book is In the Land of Invisible Women. Uh, this is one of these books that you will read through. You will be touched emotionally and at the same time have a sense of hope. Thank you for joining us here today on the show. Thank you very much. Um, I want to uh, I, I want to say to everyone listening to the show that you know this is for me getting to have a conversation with someone like Dr. Ahmed is extraordinary, and it, it really reminds me of the truth of what we have right here, and how important it is in our country to make sure that we speak out for our freedom to have conversations like this. Our country was founded based on those principles. And um, I'm so thrilled and honored that I have the ability to have the show that I, that I have. And it's as simple as plugging into a, sta a, a station like KKNW, who also is about holistic living, who is about, they are about looking at all possibilities and all walks of life, all religions. Uh, and so this is truly a blessing for us to be here uh, and to have this conversation. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with the Dr. Pat Show. A very interesting conversation uh, from my guest, uh, Valerie Golan, here today. You know, if you want to learn about why states are looting your bank account, this is going to be the show to talk, to, to tune into. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.